You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It is another edition of Philly Slam. your host, James Seltzer. It is Thursday, September the 30th. And we come off another loss last night for the Phillies. The Braves' magic number is down to one. Phillies four and a half back with four to play. Not, 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 not we want. Braves just need one win or a Phillies loss, and it is over. So it's over for all intents and purposes. Um, it is, uh, look, you know, we talked about it yesterday. We've talked about it in general. We've seen this end coming. I am just hoping they win one of the final four so we get 82 wins, as sad as that is. You know, that's that's, that's what we're at right now. Um, but again, you know, it's, uh, you know, we don't need to go through it all again, but last night, just another disappointing uh, stamp on the end of the season as the Phillies fall 7-2 to in Atlanta, uh, no point really that close. They made it three to two. It was a two nothing early in the first, then two one, three one, three two, and then over in the seventh, Aaron Nola. You know, wasn't the worst Aaron Nola we've seen. Certainly wasn't great. Six innings, three runs, seven hits, two walks. You know, not great, not fine, not good, not you know, nothing. Just whatever. Phillies only scored two runs. Who cares? Doesn't matter. Just a rough one. Harper for four. Not what you want to see last night to close it out. Just a, uh, you know, going out with a whimper, as they say. Going out with a whimper. As, uh, you know, look, it is what it is this uh, season. We expected it to come to an end, and it has. Um, it will be official in the next couple of days whenever it finally just gets Round it out whether the Phillies lose one of the break. Could it could end tonight? Obviously, we could end Kyle Gibson versus uh, Ian Anderson tonight. Could end the season if the Braves win and it's officially over. I would like to, I don't know, not get swept by the Braves here just for for you know my own my own whatever my own hope and wish and and not wanting this Philly season to be quite as depressing as it is. But it is it is what it is. We are here. Um, there is one great thing that happened with the Phillies yesterday. We'll get to that, but first. Um, again, just, uh, I think, you know, yesterday, even though it was over yesterday and we talked about losing that first game of the Brave series had, had effectively ended the season. I think today it's, it's the real hammer, the real hammer home. They are, they are officially done. They are fit yesterday going into the game. They had a 1.7% chance to make the playoffs. I have not looked at the percentages, but I would guess it is, you know, 0.07 right now. I mean, it's donezo. It's cooked. It's over. Um, and, you know, it's a shame. We've talked so many times. I mean, Aaron Nola on the hill for the game last night to kind of finish it out feels appropriate. Aaron Nola, a big reason why this season didn't go any better. Look, you can 
and we'll get look we'll get to all of them there's so many guys this season you can look at and and place a portion of the blame for this season on their shoulders at their feet however you want to say it and I think Aaron Nola is among the biggest culprits. You know, it's it's him, it's Didi, it's Boehm, it's you know, there are other guys who 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 bear blame. Girardi, of course, JT wasn't good enough. But I think, you know, when we look back on the 2021 season, we're gonna remember it as, you know, maybe we'll find out if they're gonna remember it as the season the Phillies finally got over 500, but we're definitely going to remember it as a season that the Phillies stayed in it longer than the years before, but still ultimately just didn't get it done, and and we'll remember why. You know, I've talked a lot the last week, two weeks, about the, the series that we'll remember, the moments, the losing three in Arizona, the Diamondbacks, losing that first game to the Diamondbacks here, losing 2 nothing to the Orioles, losing that 6 nothing game to the Pirates, losing 2 of 3 in Pittsburgh, losing 2 of 3 at home to the, or 2 of 4 at home to the Rockies. You know, there's so many different little moments and games really over the last couple months. We're not even talking about like the heartbreaking losses early in the season. I mentioned before the Alvarado Braves game. How about that Braves game where they were up in the 8th, ninth, 10th and end up losing by, you know, in the in the 12th or whatever it was, 11th, you have 11 and 9, I think that game was off the top of my head somewhere in there, just a um a bevy of those. So many, so many this season where you can point back and say, you know, if that had gone differently, if this had gone differently, but I think in the macro, we're going to, you know, in, 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 you know, a couple years from now, look back and remember the players. You know, we're going to remember that Aaron Nola stunk this year. We're going to remember that Aaron Nola, every time he took the hill in September with a chance to potentially push this team closer to the playoffs, that he came up small. And obviously, we'll remember the September Nola thing. That's not going anywhere. Until he's not bad in September, he will have that attached to him. No matter whether he wants to hear it or not, we know he doesn't. Sorry, Aaron, but you will be the guy who who felt falls apart in September. That's it. It's what it is. You are that guy until proven otherwise. But I think we'll look back at the season that Aaron Nola had, and we'll say, hey, you know what? Phillies could have made the playoffs if if that guy were better. If that guy were the version of himself, even forgetting the September part, just the, the season version of himself that he's been. Aaron Nola had a 4-6-3 ERA this year. Aaron Nola, 9-9 nine and nine with a 4-6-3 ERA on the season. I mean, think about that. I mean, in Nola's career prior to this season, you know, taking out his, uh, it started in 2016, 2015, 2016, but only started 20 games in 2016, taking out 2016's ERA, this is his ERA since 2016. So 2017, 2018, 2019. 354, 237, 387, and then 2020, 328. And now 463. Now, obviously, that 237 in 2018 is the outlier. That was, you know, we saw that year in 2018 and said, oh my goodness, Aaron Nola's an ace. He's one of the, the best pitchers in the National League. That was the outlier. Aaron Nola had a, a, top three National League season, um, you know, was a worthy Cy Young candidate that year, but he's just not that guy. I think he's much closer to the 3-5 ERA guy. But he's certainly, at least not until this season, been the 4-6-3 ERA guy again, just to hit those numbers again. 3-5-4, 2-3-7, 3-8-7, 3-2-8, 4-6-3. By far... 
the worst version of Aaron Nola we've seen since he's been a, a full-time starting pitcher in Major League Baseball. The worst. The worst version. And, of course, it's the worst version on the team that had the best chance to make the playoffs. Of course. Not including 2020. Because, you know, what a joke. It's just a shame. Aaron Nola holds a lot of blame for this. And and he's going to be an interesting thing going into this offseason because, you know, how much can you count on him? Are they going to look to trade him? And I don't think they do, but he's got a, a manageable contract. I mean, he is the kind of guy you could get something for. And, you know, look, the Phillies are going to have to be creative this offseason. It's going to be, and we're going to talk more tomorrow about it, you know, kind of leading in. But, you know, this team's going to have to find a way to add to this roster to, again, as we've talked many times about, kind of a dual approach of worrying about building up the minor leagues, developing players, the most important part of a a healthy organization, but also being able to compete now with Bryce Harper and JT Romuto and Didi Gregorius and Aaron Nolan, Zach Wheeler, and all this money is spent. All these guys are paid. All these guys are paid. And they're not just going to abandon that. At least I don't think they are. I mean, look, it would be a bold move to trade away some of these guys and really try and rebuild and retool on the fly. I just don't see it. I think Joe Girardi will be back, and I think the core of this roster will be back. And I think that Dombrowski is going to have to figure out how to add to that. He's going to have to add a fourth and fifth starter unless they know for sure that Eflin's going to be good, at least a fifth starter. He's going to have to figure out what to do about Didi at shortstop. He's going to have to figure out what to do about left field with McCutcheon coming off the books. He's going to have to figure out what to do about center field with Odubel Herrera. He's going to have to figure out about fixing that bullpen. Not only was it not good enough, but a lot of guys, you know, Hector Nera is a free agent. Archie Bradley is a free agent. Like, there are guys in there who are not necessarily going to be back. So there's a real, a real, um, uh, you know, kind of facelift that needs to take place with this team right now, but also managing the future at the same time and also committing to this team. It's it's a it's a tough approach. You know, it's something Dabrowski's got a lot on his plate this offseason, and he's going to have to earn his money. Dave Dabrowski got paid to come here. He's going to have to earn his money. It's a massive offseason for the guy. And look, I, I have given him mostly a pass for last offseason. I, I definitely have... Called him out for the Chase Anderson and Matt Moore signings. You know, the the Sam Coonrod trade looks horrible. Um, you know, the DD contract looks disastrous. The JT contract doesn't look great. Some of that's on Middleton, but, you know, you got to give Dombrowski a, a ding for some of that, too. But ultimately, Dave Dombrowski came in in December unexpectedly, you know, with into an organization, to a team that didn't have a general manager, didn't have anything set in place. It was already behind. We talked about the guys they missed out on just because they didn't have a general manager at the time. So he's coming in mid-operation. He has to kind of move on the fly. Someone who had kind of been out of baseball in a way, you know, trying to get that team in Nashville to, as an expansion team. So it hadn't been like locked in in the same way as if he had been a general manager, you know, the year or two prior, 2018 he was. But um, so, you know, I, I'm, I'm willing to give Dombrowski a, mostly a pass for last offseason. But, but this offseason, he's in place. It's his show. He has a full offseason of work. He's had a full season to analyze to see what works and what doesn't, to see which players he believes in and which players he doesn't. Now we're going to see Dave Dombrowski go to work. And look, Dave Dombrowski has a long and and storied history of being able to, to renovate and reconstruct major league rosters. You know, he's done a very good job of that in the past. 
Obviously, he's a little older now, maybe a little less um, in his prime, so to speak, but a lot of history, a lot of uh, experience, a lot of, you know, he's done this before. So I'm I'm willing to give Dave the offseason here. This is a big offseason for Dave Dombrowski and the Philadelphia Phillies, and we'll get to the good news from yesterday, which is part of that, a good move by Dave already. But this roster is going to take a lot of work. You know, it's um, it's one of those things where you have a core, but it's also, you know, how do you get that over the hump? Especially coming off this year where you came so close, even though you didn't really have a good baseball team. You know, even though in the end we're going to end up as a, you know, hopefully over 81, but like theoretically like an 83 win team. I said 84 coming into the season, so it wasn't far off from the team I expected. It's just kind of the up and down nature of how it went was was so frustrating, but you know, this is a team that, as we just talked about, has a lot of guys on it who want to contend, who are here because they were told they would be contending. Bryce Harper, JT Romuto, guys like that, that that was part of the reason they came here and came back here, whatever. So you've got that obligation to those guys, not to mention, again, the cash obligation to a lot of players on this team, Zach Wheeler and all these guys who are, you know, making some coin. And this is a you know, set thing for next year. They're they're there, and you're not going to go and just tear apart the roster. So Dave's got to add to it. And will John Middleton go over the luxury tax? That's another big question this offseason. How much money does Dave Dombrowski have to maneuver with? I know McCutcheon's coming off the books, some other contracts off the books, but they still have a lot invested in a lot of players. You know, they have, uh, I believe, the fifth most money already on the books for next season. Um, you know, so so it's not necessarily can go out and just go on a spending spree unless John Milton says, enough, we're going over the tax. Which, by the way, you know, let's be honest, it's probably a smart thing to do at this point, right? I know we've ripped Middleton for this for years, and, I, and rightfully so, but, like, I think we're at the point where, when you think about this double or barrel approach type thing that we're talking about here, where... You've got a, a farm system that really needs a complete revamping, and, and they're working on it, but but a whole kind of shake-up and a start-over and the whole thing, you need that in the in the farm system. While at the same time, you also have to get this major league roster better. I, I feel like with the way the, the luxury tax works, and you, know, you get the punitive damages the more and more you're over, you can reset, right? Like, go all in on this team now. This group, go over the frickin' tax. It's such a small penalty. Like, it's $3 million or whatever. Like, man up, John Middleton. Add to this team. Do what it takes to compete with this team right now because for multiple reasons. First and foremost, it's been a decade. It's been a decade. The Seattle Mariners are the only team in baseball with a longer postseason drought than the Phillies, and they might end that this year. It's It's been far too long. We have apathy setting in with this fan base. We have people who don't care anymore. Like, Middleton has to grab this with this group right now. You can't sign Bryce Harper to a $330 million contract, bring him in here, and not make the playoffs. You can't. That is an all-time disaster. So I actually think they kind of have to go all in on this group, but do it in a way where you don't mortgage the future. Hey, guess what? Spend some freaking money. That's where we're at. Spend money this offseason. It's not the way to build a team. It's not ideal. I get it. But you're in the position you're in. Like, you've got all this money already committed to this team. Like, And again, the prospects you have are far away. So go all in. Then you can reset the luxury tax in a couple years and start over. But you've got these guys here. This group is here. Like, you may as well go for it. You may as well 
buy in, go for the luxury tax for a couple years, especially after all the big talk we've heard from John Middleton. Bring the bleeping trophy back, all that stuff. Like, and again, like you have put your money where your mouth is, John Middleton. You have the fifth highest payer on baseball, but I'm sorry, because of who you hired, Matt Clentak and Andy McPhail, it's not good enough. You have to go over that. You have to really go all in on this team if they want to compete. If not, it's going to be another season like this one and the last one and the last one. So I think that's where they're at. Look, you, I'm not saying you have to go for the luxury tax to, to be better, but I do think that's the easiest, smartest way for this team to be better while also still focusing on the future and not, you know, trading prospects or anything like that. You know, it's um, it's a really difficult spot for Dave Dombrowski and for this organization to kind of balance. And they have a lot of question marks and this team was just not good enough as we know. And that's in a historically bad NL East where, you know, a historically bad division where they really, really got lucky by the division they ran. Who knows what happens next year? Acuna is back. Ozuna is back. We don't know about that one, but you know, we'll see this, that the Braves could be way better. The Mets could go out and bring Theo Epstein or Billy Bean in and get way better. I don't know. I mean, that's all stuff that's being talked about. It's all stuff that's on the table. I mean, you know, I just think there this is a precarious spot for the Phils. It's a precarious spot. You, John Middleton, set expectations. Back in 2017 or whatever it was when you came into the WIP studios and went on the air with Angelo and said, I'm going to bring that bleeping trophy back or I'm going to die trying. We didn't say that. You said that. And as a result, you've put expectations on this team and on this franchise for the fan base. And then you go and sign Bryce Harper. And then you bring in JT and you re-sign him and you do all these things that only further to hammer home those expectations, to further make the fan base believe that those expectations will be realized. And and it's almost like a, a commitment, a covenant that you're making with your fan base saying like, we are going for this. I'm going to build a winner here. Let's go. So when you do that, and five years later, essentially, four not four years later, whatever it is, four and a half years later, we're sitting here and we still made the playoffs and it's been a decade. Like, you know, that that's that's on you, man. Like, you need to make it happen. You need to commit. And the only way that this team's gonna get over the hump enough is probably by spending more right now in this specific situation. And again, you don't do it at the cost of the detriment of the future of the, the farm system of development. Like that almost has to be a separate thing from what you're trying to achieve at the major league level right now. So we'll see. Fingers crossed. It is a massive offseason tomorrow. We'll dive more into the specific players and the specific spots that, that I think is most um, important that the Phillies address. But I, I teased it before and mentioned it, but... I will say there was, even though the season, you know, effectively ended yesterday, even though it effectively ended the day before and the day before that and all that, but Phillies did do one thing yesterday that um got me really excited, and it's along these lines of talking about, you know, while well, we're talking about going in for next year and this and that and whatever, like, um, as you know, I've maintained from the beginning that that in terms of the long term and the health of the Philadelphia Phillies, the the number one most important thing by miles is drafting and developing, is learning how to develop your own players. You know, and Dave Dombrowski seems to agree with that and made some big, big moves in the front office by getting rid of, you know, assistant general managers and the player development staff or the player development head and all that. And um, 
you know, who we hire is going to be massive. And they made their first hire yesterday. And I got to tell you, I'm pretty excited about it. And and not that I'm an expert on, you know, front office people around baseball, though I, I do know a fair amount. But um, the Phillies hired Preston Mattingly. Uh, you might know him as Don Mattingly's son. <laughs> That's probably the most famous uh, way he is. But um, he's also someone who feels like a really perfect hire for this team, considering everything that I've read about him and looking into him. Um, 34 years old, a young guy who seems to have the ability to blend the old school and new school together, which is the exact thing that Dave Dombrowski was looking for. Apparently he is um, great with old scouts, can interact with them, can can get their information, but also great with the analytics people, great with like kind of bridging both worlds. He is... Um, pedigree in terms of, you know, a uh, a mentee of one of the great scouts of the Los Angeles Dodgers, most of the Dodgers core drafted by the guy, Logan White. He is a um, uh, has worked in the Padres front office for five years, working with A.J. Preller, who is clearly damn good at his job. They are a smart, forward-thinking organization. So this seems like a great hire, and everything you read about him, and, and I don't know about you, but as a 40-year-old, um, and I'm sure anyone in my general range um, will agree with me, my age range, maybe a little bit older or whatever, but as a 40-year-old, the person growing up my whole life, the, the, the preeminent voice on baseball, the man who I believe knew the most, was the most connected, was the most intelligent about it, all that stuff, like Mr. Top Dog Baseball in the Media, my life, when I was younger, and it will never change as far as I'm concerned, even though, you know, he's older now and all that, but but Peter Gammons is the godfather of baseball media. For me, for my age, for people my age, like I, my favorite thing to do as a kid was get the Sunday Boston Globe and read his his notes section. I would walk to a news store that sold the Globe, and I would go and buy it, and I'd read his Sunday notes. You know, he, he invented the notes column like that. And it was it was everything. And that guy, then he was on ESPN, and Peter Gammons has been the dean of baseball. Here's what Peter Gammons had to say about the Preston Mattingly hire. You know, Gammons just chiming in on it, you know? Gammons tweets out, The Phil's Preston Mattingly hiring as director of player development is Tremendous. He is one of the best evaluators in the business. He has the unique Mattingly genes, and working with Sam Fold will provide Dave Dombrowski with a creative, empathetic system. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Like, that's that's the kind of stuff you want to hear. And again, I trust Peter Gammons implicitly. Um so I, I'm 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 pretty excited about this hire. Again, it's hard to know with these types of people. All you can do is um, look where they've been. Again, you know, we we talked about that a lot back in the day with the Matt Clentak hiring. It's like you're hiring a guy from the Angels. Why? Why not hire a guy from the Rays or the Indians or the A's or the Padres or the Dodgers? Like the smart teams. Like why wouldn't you hire someone from the smart teams? The, the, the smart ones. Well, now they're hiring someone from a smart one. This guy's been with the Dodgers and the Padres. Boom. Let's go. I know the Padres fell apart this year, but look at all that freaking young talent. All right? I mean, Fernando Tatis and Mackenzie Gore and, you know, Guy of Paddock and all these guys. Like, they, they know what they're doing in terms of drafting and developing. They really know what they're doing in terms of drafting and developing and signing in the, the market, the uh, uh, amateur market and all that stuff. Like, um, international. They are great at it. And this guy is a big part of it. It seems like every person you hear from on this guy thinks he's going to be a star in this role. So... 
it seems like a great hire. And again, I like the baseball genes. I like someone who's been around the game his whole life, someone who understands talent. And look, I think Don Magnum is a great manager, too. So clearly that runs in the family, too, the baseball smarts genes and all that. I mean, you know, when your dad's Donnie Baseball, I mean, you're probably pretty qualified to work in baseball. Um, I'm really excited. We'll see. I'm, I'm, from everything I've heard from people in the organization out, people are really excited about this hiring. People are really excited about this hiring. So who am I to not be excited about this hiring? And again, as I said many times here, and it was true as a shame, and now it's obviously proven true, but even before uh, they were definitely out of the playoffs, I kept saying that these hirings are way more important than the playoffs. You know, who Dave Dombrowski's hires is so much more important than whether they make the playoffs this year. It is the most important thing that will happen with the Phillies offseason because it sets the course of the franchise for years to come. One for one. Seems like one for one. Pretty important hire. Seems like Preston Mattingly, and again, you know, I'm going to only judge the hire now. We have to see what he does. But so far, so good. I'm, I'm very excited with everything I'm hearing about this guy. So, way to go, Dave. Way to go. The offseason's off to a great start. It's just a shame that it's the offseason. Uh, either way, we'll be back tomorrow. We'll react to uh, whatever happens tonight in the Brave series. Maybe the Phillies are officially eliminated. Maybe not. But either way, we'll be back to talk about it all tomorrow as we, as we limp our way into the offseason now. It is, it is over. But uh, we're used to that. So, we'll be okay. Either way. We'll be back tomorrow. Thank you for listening to another edition of Phillies Today right here on the Phillies 24-7 Network. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.